Hi guys, and welcome to episode two of Pickles and Vodka podcast. Um, last week, when I released the first episode, you guys were amazing at responding and sending me texts and messages, letting me know how much you enjoyed it. It just made my day. Like, every time I got one of those messages, my face lit up in real life. You don't even understand. I appreciate it so much. I just love the fact that anyone is even listening and just feels super special. So this week, I'm super excited about recording because I have an actual human guest in the studio. He's replacing my cat. She's not here. She's terrified of strangers, so she's probably hiding somewhere upstairs under the couch. But my guest is an amazing person, super funny. I'm excited for you guys to be introduced to him. But before I do that, I just want to give you a rundown of my week because it was surprisingly eventful. It didn't start out that way. Uh, it started out with me working like six days in a row, and um, that's never fun. I was pretty much a bundle of nerves at the beginning of the week because I did release the first episode of this podcast. And if you guys have ever recorded your own voice, you know how nerve-wracking it is to hear all the different mistakes that you make. I'm not even going to admit how many times I've listened to the first episode and analyzed it and freaked out about all the, the little things I found wrong with it because uh, it's embarrassing. And I, I ended up having to just not listen to it anymore. And I asked friends, you know, did you notice these weird background noises? Did you notice how often I say, um, and they were like, no, you were fine. So I think part of it is me just being a perfectionist, but it's definitely a work in progress. I'm trying to be better about certain things. I'm um, trying to find better ways to record so there are fewer background noises. It's also hard when I live in a house with other people in a basement off a busy highway. But um, anyway, it's a work in progress. You guys get to be along for the ride, and I love you for that. So a couple days ago, my friend Taylor invited me to her office holiday party at the MGM Grand Casino super fancy location in Maryland. It's like a black tie event. Actually, I don't know what constitutes a black tie event exactly, but it was really fancy. People were wearing like floor-length ball gowns and shit. I don't own anything like that. So the night before, she and I went shopping at a thrift store because I'm broke. And I ended up buying this blue velvet bell-bottomed pantsuit. And let me tell you, it's the best $15 I've ever spent in my life. I felt super confident wearing it. And... <laughs> the best thing is I ended up getting Taylor to buy a pantsuit as well. So we both showed up to this event wearing these kick-ass pantsuits. Everyone loved it. It was a really fun night. One of the highlights happened during the office's annual raffle. First of all, in order to have your name in the raffle, you have to be a member of the company, which I wasn't. And so Taylor looked at me and she was like, oh, I wish you could be in this raffle I was like, it's okay. I just hope you win something cool, right? And then the first item was announced, and it was a two bottles of wine. And she was like, wouldn't it be funny if I won this? Because then you could have one and I could have one. That would be perfect. And then the announcer puts their hand in the jar and draws out a name, and it's fucking Taylor. <laughs> and we both look at each other and just lose it. And we're, we're kind of drunk at this point. Uh, there was an open bar. So everyone on the table just thought we were crazy alcoholics. But it's cool. 
I got a free bottle of wine in my fridge right now. Don't really drink wine, but you know, free alcohol is never bad. So yeah, that was really fun. I'm really excited to just wrap up this week and record this episode with my awesome guest, which I guess I'll now introduce. Do you want to just say what your name is and how old you are and what's your like mental health history, basically? Okay, uh, my name is Lorenzo. I am 25. You're 25? Yes, I, I thought am. you were my age. Yeah. Well, I turn 26 next year in March. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just one year. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, 25, and uh, I have anxiety, and I have some ADHD okay. tendencies sprinkled in there. It's like the sprinkling on my mental yeah. health Spice sandwich. Of life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you have an official diagnosis? And if so, like, when did that happen? Yes. So, um, my, it's, it started in October of 2016, uh, okay. when I was in the military. I, I mean, I, I'm, I was diagnosed with anxiety with ADHD tendencies. Um, while you were in the military, while I was in the military. Um, when did you join the military? I joined the military in September of 2011. So okay. I had been in the military. So it was a while. Mm-hmm. Do you think the military caused it to come out, or has it had it always been there the whole time? And I, I, I would say that it was there the entire in my whole life, but I didn't have the words to kind of describe what it was. Um, I just thought that I was always like a ramped up kid, but I never really knew that like it it, it translated to so many other facets of my life that. When you become an adult, those things, like, really start to play out. You know, when you become an adult, you have real responsibilities. And, you know, your parents kind of can't shield you from things. So as I, you know, got older, went through the military, things just started to happen. and Real life kicked in. And the anxiety started to really show. I can relate. Mm -hmm. As a 26-year-old who is trying to get her shit together now. I feel like I'm going through adolescence again, like for the second time. Yes. And this time it's harder because I don't have an excuse. Yes, I feel like I'm a teenager, but everything, every mistake that I make is like a real mistake that has real consequences. Yes, it's it's terrifying. (sighs) Guys, growing up sucks. It's like a video (laughs) game, but you don't have three lives, you just have one. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is. All right, this is too depressing. Um. (laughs) (laughs) no okay so you when were you diagnosed you said 2016 yes okay and And so are you on medication currently no um what was the response to the diagnosis so i'll kind of like start off um with what happened so it started off with work and it's kind of been a a constant replay in in my life the anxiety has always been there but it really exacerbates itself when work is uh involved it it was when work is involved when my work life is not really in sync you know i become kind of like the white rabbit from alice in wonderland like i'm just like all over the place my mind is like constantly going so um i was going through a lot of work stress I was in Germany at the time. Oh yeah, that's right. You were in Germany. We need to talk about that too. But. Right. So I was I was in Germany at that time. I was by myself. Uh, where I was stationed in Germany, it was like an, a very isolated. It wasn't like a, a huge city. I was isolated from everybody. So that's always hard. Yep. So the the isolation, just that, and not having my my friends there. Yeah. Because everyone you know leaves. 
And then having this work stress, it all kind of started to, this snowball started to roll and to roll and to roll. It just blew up in your face. Right. And I didn't have parents to talk to because my parents are like all here, you know? So. That's a really hard situation to be in. And so it kind of blew up in your face and um, what happened when that happened, when that happened? It's something, I, I was in the office and people had constantly like, told me, have you ever thought of going to therapy? Have you ever thought of going to therapy? Yeah, of, of course. Everyone always likes to say that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Um, Who I has didn't... time for that, though? Right. I'm thinking like, <laughs> okay, therapy seems nice. Um, I don't really understand what's sitting on my back and listening to like a shrink or something. Yeah. You know? So after everything that I had tried, nothing really worked. So what did you try? I mean, I tried writing about it. I tried. Oh yeah, Lawrence was a writer, by the way. He writes poetry. Right. I write poetry. I I I tried writing. I tried talking about it. It just which are all things that I like to suggest to people. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like I, I, therapy isn't for everyone. But sometimes you do need a professional to get in there because there's only so much you can do by yourself. And with the skills that you have. Exactly. And it's unfair to project it on your friends, too. Because like, exactly. they're not your therapist. Exactly. They, 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 most people, they're giving you a... They're giving you advice from... What they know. From what they know about you. And it's more of a personal lens. Like, I, I, I will say, I wasn't prescribed medication, but therapy was, like, my medication. Right. And it helped me because... It was someone giving me an objective point of view that no one else could. My parents, I mean, if I told my mom that I was going to therapy, I mean, most parents are, like, very protective of their children. So yeah. it's like, oh, no, you don't need therapy. You're absolutely <laughs> fine. It's like... I raised you great. <laughs> exactly. And my mom is just... I, I, when I had to explain to my mom, like, no, this is a this is a real thing. Like, I, I need to actually talk so to So you somebody. started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. What, what happened then? Things started to turn around. I started to think. I started to come up with new tools with dealing with stress and anxiety, anxiety attacks. I, it's funny. Um, so for you, what constitutes an anxiety attack? Uh, some people might not be familiar with because it is a medical thing that it happens. Is, it I, is. I have been with people who have had an anxiety attack. I've mm-hmm. had to take them to the ER because of it, mm-hmm. and then by the time they got there. All the symptoms were gone and they felt stupid. Right. But so, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. So can um, you describe that? Yes. I, I, I won't give like a, a medical definition because right. I'm not I'm not a medical professional. But how it feels to me, it is like, imagine, uh, it's not a thermometer, but imagine a meter. That's the word. Okay. Imagine a meter and like slowly things are just ticking and ticking and ticking. And once, you know, everything reaches like the very top of like worrisome stress that's when like the cat blows off and an anxiety attack is kind of like that existential meltdown so for me um everyone has different anxiety symptoms whenever i have an anxiety attack which i've had it i've had maybe once or twice a month oh wow that's um, pretty frequent yeah but i do it i have them kind of by myself but they ha- still, they happen by yourself. They yeah. they tend to. I don't really have them around people because I'm in the moment. But right. when I'm by myself, it, and I can be when they're the most harmful when they're by yourself. By like, yourself. Ooh. Right. So it's like I become very very. I cannot move. It's like I'm stuck. 
Like paralyzed? It's like I have paralyzed. Like it's like I have quick, I'm in quicksand. Um, I, I tell this story. I went to, uh, when I got out of the military last year, I was just going through a lot of transitions and tra- I was transitioning out of the military and getting into a different lifestyle of That's being hard. civilian, which is really difficult. Yeah. And, you know, moving here. And I was, this all happened in Florida. So I went to. Um, You're from Florida originally, or right? From okay. Florida. I was, I, was va- I was vacationing with my family just visiting them and it was just a lot of like stuff a lot of like applying to schools applying to jobs where am I gonna live where I'm gonna be in so DC. many unknowns right and I just had a meltdown in in my mom's house and I just had an anxiety attack yeah and I try to fight the mental health I I try not to succumb to it so I know that if I'm having this I know I need to seek some type of help so I get up <laughs> I put on my clothes I researched the nearest VA clinic, but the VA clinic is not like a, an official clinic. I was, I was told it wasn't an official clinic or they didn't have a psychiatrist or da 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 They weren't like equipped. They weren't equipped to, to help me. Right. So I kind of like chuckle at it now because it's kind of ironically funny. It's like, well, what happens after you have an you anxiety have to laugh attack? At you do. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what do you do when you have an anxiety attack and you try to get help and. You can't get help. They say, fuck you. Yep, you go in the car and you have another anxiety attack. So it's just <laughs> about like, the anxiety about attack. the anxiety attack. And I'm just like, this is just a lot. So so how did you get out of it? I, you know, to be very honest with you, Christina, from that moment up until now, being very transparent, I don't think I've gotten completely out of it. I have kind of found... And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You have to know if you're in an imperfect place. Like, mm-hmm. That's totally fine. I... Most people don't have it figured out. I don't. If they, if someone says to me they have it figured out, I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've told, I've had to tell my my family, um, and even my mother. I love her dearly, but I've had to tell her a lot that mental health is not something that you quote unquote get rid of. You can try mm-hmm. anything. You don't really get rid of it. You you find ways to deal with it. Yeah, you, you have tr- to live with it. You yes. try your best not to allow it to become the biggest part of your life. and Your identity. Exactly. No, I have struggled with that so much in the past. And even, like, right now I struggle with it. Like, mm-hmm. making it my identity. Because there's so many other parts of myself that I like and that I want to pursue. But it's this is kind of, it kind of swallows you it does. whole. It does. And it, mm-hmm. it's all you think about. And it's hard to think of yourself outside of that. Mm-hmm. So you... Where you got your diagnosis, mm-hmm. you started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. When after that did you get out of the military, and then how did it change once you got out of the military? Um, like what led up to the panic attack in Florida? Uh, just getting out, applying to schools, not hearing back from them prior to like needing to start school. So it's like you know basically having this plan. And it goes back to the white rabbit. It's funny. I, I never realized I did this, but I, I always describe anxiety like that. You have this plan and it's not going to plan and everything is falling to shit. And you're just like, so what do I do? And then you just start worrying and it, and it just, it fogs up your mind. Your work product is crappy. If anything outside of the plan, like if the plan changes one little bit, then it's all fucked. It's all fucked. And it's like, you know, I had to kind of like calm down and breathe and try my best not to, you know, go into a hole because my my therapist did say this, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm prone to to depression, but, but it's, it, it normally 
happens as an aftermath of of a lot of anxiety and the two are very closely linked very... in fact one of the emails that we're gonna talk about later on mm-hmm. specifically talks about that mm-hmm. the more that i talk to people the more i realize like no one has just one thing no everyone has mm-hmm. comorbidities when i say that i have anxiety with adhd tendencies as they that's how they described it yeah. it, it basically means when i am worrying everything in my life is just chaos not chaos in in like a things are on fire but it's like i'm late to work Mm -hmm. i'm just like all over the place i forgot my belt i forgot my it's just like i'm not me things are not put they're not in their place i'm always in panic mode all the time um you don't feel like yourself i don't feel like myself and i just feel like my you know i i get tired and with depression, I've, I've, I know how depression kind of takes over with me. I, I don't self-harm, but I know that when I'm in a depressed slump, the biggest thing with me is eating. I don't. Ooh. I just, yeah, my appetite is just like. Not like when I have. Yeah. Would you describe it as an eating disorder? Um, I will say in high school, I I did have one. I did have one, and that was linked to depression. So was it restricting, like just not eating? Yeah, but it, it was so it was so weird because... I, I've never really, I, I, well, the, the therapy, it was for two years. We didn't really get into that as much, but I wanted to, but we, you know, mm. just didn't have yeah, time. Yeah. In high school with, with the eating disorder, it wasn't something that was a conscious thing. Yeah. Like, it's I just, one of those things you just kind of realized that was going on later in yeah, life. I just don't like eating. I just like, yeah. whenever I'm in a funk, whenever I'm, it's funny. It's a coping mechanism. It's, yeah. It's like in your mind kind of just like forgets my mind when I am working on a project whenever i am depressed whenever i'm in an anxiety when i have an anxiety attack i i i just put something on my stomach it actually like makes me want to throw up that's crazy because it's just like i don't want to eat anything and i just want to focus on whatever this thing is yeah and i think a lot of times eating disorders are not in any way about looks or weight or you know, they're just subconscious coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that you do maybe without realizing it. You don't realize, yeah. And I, I don't even know how, but it helps. I still have to explore that. Like, it, like you didn't do it for any particular reason. It's just a natural reaction you had. It was my mother who realized it. That's she crazy. realized it. No one else realized it. She realized it. And if she didn't say... It was... <laughs> this is another... I have to write a, story, a, a movie about this. I, um, <laughs> write a movie. <laughs> I was in high school, and my mom... My mom picked me up from school, which was very weird because I always she didn't took the normally most, pick you up. Never. She she like she works as a nurse, so she always, if at any time during the day she was working at that time. So why she was picking me up was weird, and she told me that we were going to the dentist, but I didn't need to go to the dentist because okay. I had already had my checkup, and then it ended up becoming. Oh, we're we're in a we're in a therapist's office, and I think oh shit yeah. So I think I think that maybe that's why the whole idea of therapy, you know, you're kind of skeptical of it because you was, got blindsided right, with therapy at a young age, and right? So, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, she had to force me. To. So, are you seeing a therapist now currently? No, I'm looking for one in the area. Uh, I had someone that I wanted to see, but of course they're awesome, so they're like extremely booked. So, oh, of course, uh, mm-hmm. they're either booked or they're out of your network. Exactly. Yep. So I have to try to find a way to. Um, I really do need to see a therapist, and my um, 
my therapist that I had in Germany told me that relationship-based therapy, like the idea of going to a therapist every week on a day, reserving an hour of your time to see somebody to talk to about you, that is something that I that I need. Um, yeah. And I... I don't take medication only because now I'm being very transparent. That is the one part that I'm kind of afraid of. I try to. You're afraid of side effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean was... that's valid. I've, I've thought about and I'll and 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 I know that your podcast is 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 all about transparency. Mm -hmm. That is something that I mean I still think about. Like maybe I do need you know it or it would help. No, medication is really scary, and okay. it's not for everybody. I hate it when people are like, I'm never going to go on medication because then that's a fake remedy. And then I also hate it when people are like, it's going to fix all your problems. No. You know, it, it's all about balance, and it's all about the individual. Mm -hmm. Everyone's needs are different. And that actually ties into one of the emails that I got. Mm -hmm. First of all, is there anything else you want to add about your story? Like, I... Do you have advice for people so you are going through a lot right now mm -hmm. um you're transitioning, transitioning from military to civilian life mm -hmm. you're 25 mm -hmm. is there anything you wish you would have done differently like as a young man i think that and this is the advice that i would i give myself every day so I, I cool. it's it's a it's not just something that I've I've learned it's something that I I am still learning and I need to to master and it's anxiety teaches me to look at things slowly there is this thing in therapy where they teach you about grounding exercises oh like, like keeping your foot on the floor keeping your foot on the I've floor done, but I've, making okay. sure that you are when you have an anxiety attack it's kind of like think of things that you can see and taste and touch and smell that are around you connect yourself back to like reality reality and how you and, and what you're going not what you're going through but where you're at I mean, yeah, where you're physically at, right? Yeah, because sometimes just <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 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 weird. You your mind spins into this other place, especially with anxiety, and you're like, people think sometimes it's not that serious of it of a of a of a mental issue because it's not depression. And I'm like, no, um, no, it's it is a big issue. It's actually it's funny a lot of uh, and like we like you said, um, it's the precursor to depression. I think once you hit depression, it's kind of a point where you're like. You've tried, you tried, or you feel that you've tried everything, and you're just you're in this slump. Like depression doesn't yes. just like arrive at your doorstep. It, yeah. it's something that grows over time, and those symptoms, you know, it doesn't occur in a void. Mm -hmm. I my so my ground yourself. Try your, your best, advice. Ground yourself and take things. Take a moment to kind of look around and see the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Yes. Okay. Thank you for telling your story. I know it wasn't a lot of time to do that. Anytime. It's like a lot of information at once. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I want to get to the emails because we're going to have a lot to talk about with them. Okay. Okay. Nice. So the first one mm -hmm. is from Trent. Okay, Trent. He says a lot of stuff. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. But basically, he wants to know what our opinions of the psychiatry industry are. So he mm -hmm. says, maybe I'm jaded, but I don't trust it. And I also feel like as a whole, people have sort of just accepted psychiatry as a science when in fact it isn't. 
Um, for instance, the medication he's on and the treatment he can get have come down to the judgment slash opinions of someone who doesn't know me very well or has preconceived notions in their head about me. So he feels like maybe if the doctor's having a bad day, he might take it out on him. He's had psych doctors who have totally missed the point or they've had incentives to prescribe certain meds because of money reasons or whatever. I don't know. So, what's your general opinion of the psych industry in this country? Because I'm pretty skeptical of it. But I, he can also see how it can be useful to some people. So, there's a lot to talk about there. Yes. And I have not... I was on antidepressants mm -hmm. when I was 17, but I went off them about a year later. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really been to a psychiatrist since then. So, mm -hmm. I feel like you could have more to add to this conversation than he, me. Yeah. I, I went to a psych psychiatrist once and he gave me... He actually gave me medication. I used it once... And for anxiety or depression anxiety and i just i didn't like the way it made me feel but at the same time i didn't allow it to hindsight 2020 i didn't allow it to actually like do what it was supposed to do so it could have helped but i, I don't know and that's the thing you have to follow these the way they're prescribed you, you do. for instance um i know someone that's really close to me is on antidepressants mm -hmm. and they one of the instructions is don't use it with alcohol but mm -hmm. they drink on it and it works, but to a certain extent. Right. And you just have to recognize that if you're not following it exactly, you might mm -hmm. not have the desired results. Exactly. I think there was a part in, in, in the letter that you, that you paraphrased. If anyone has judgment over you and you use you using prescribed medication and they have some thwarted view of you, I don't really think that's someone that you even need to associate oh, yourself yeah, with. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I think he's talking about the people who are prescribing the medication in the mm -hmm. first place. Mm -hmm. Psych doctors who miss the point or, like, they have the wrong incentive. Like, basically, psych mm -hmm. doctors who just don't give a fuck. They just mm -hmm. kind of prescribe medication left and right. Mm-hmm. I'm only I'm only thinking about this through through my if, like through me if if I'm being if I feel like I'm in this situation I'm super I'm a very nerdy person so I'm always <laughs> researching so you should you, if you're, you're if you're being prescribed something like that guys should be reading. totally research it don't just accept it blindly because there's a ton of meds out there and a lot of them do have bad side effects exactly and a lot of doctors do just prescribe them mm -hmm. without really looking into your mm -hmm. case history or whatever mm -hmm. so do your research it's it's like psychiatrists and psychology and, and the therapists are somewhat of the the way that they operate are somewhat in the same lens like therapy only works if you're meeting the therapist halfway or in some percentage like you have to be yeah. giving some some reasonable percentage of, of effort exactly and with a psychiatrist you have to be the same way i mean you can't you have to be honest. You have to be honest and you have to go, I would go into a psychiatrist's office with some form of knowledge about what you intend or would want to or would need to put in your body, you know? Yeah. And also if you get the vibe right off the bat that they don't care about you, don't feel bad about just, just saying, saying bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Like, yeah. there's other people out there. Exactly. Don't waste your time and money exactly. on someone who doesn't give a shit about you. Exactly. Okay. The next email um, is from Chelsea. Chelsea. She struggles with an eating disorder as well as anxiety slash depression. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering what you think about disability aid for this kind of thing. Do you think that seeking any type of aid through university or through the government 
is something that should apply to these kinds of disorders? Or do you think that some disorders are just too common to be able to provide accommodations for? First of all, I don't think there's such thing as something being too common to have help for. Yeah, I would think the opposite. I think that if it's really common, I think there should be more help for it. it. Yeah, no, that was my first reaction too. Mm -hmm. But it is, especially in our country right now, it's really hard to find help for mental disorders. Uh Um, Do you, I mean, you were in the military. Mm -hmm. What kind of help did did you get? I I, I think, and, and this is kind of like a, big world issue i don't even i don't think that there's like a very clear-cut like easy solution i think this is a and i know this sounds really cliche but i'm saying all this to get to a point so the military the thing that i liked about the military is that although i had the issues that i had i had other people who were dealing with other mental health issues my father uh spent 22 years in the military and he has mental health issues from the military so it's kind of the we understand a part of each other and we talk about it very openly so you know i've had other leaders and other sergeants and people that were in the military that have that that dealt with different mental health issues or the same mental health issues as me and we talked about that's it that's surprising to me because mm-hmm. when i think of the military i think that it's kind of a uh what's the word a sti- there's a stigma like mm-hmm. no one wants to talk about it everyone wants to be like it's macho when, it, and whatnot. It, some people are macho but some of us are so perceptive that like the some of the mot even the machoistic parts of people it's like yeah you're hiding some form of whatever you're going through because I'm hiding or I've hid that before I've dealt with that before so it's a way of relating so I'm saying all of that to say I think the big world solution to that is like we just need to and and you said this in the first episode this that what this podcast is for like talking openly about it you have to talk about it I mean most people don't realize that they have depression until they realize like like me like, and I believe you said it too about you. Like, I didn't realize I had an eating disorder until my mother told me. That must have been rough. You're like, you, are you eating? And the thing <laughs> is, I think that she does. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, she does it now. We talk about our feelings from time to time, but she doesn't like to dig and dig. Like, I'm, 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 the, I'm the person that goes in and like constantly talks about their feelings and how they feel and where I'm yeah. at mentally. My mom is not necessarily that person, but the but she's com- picked up on it, and that's a big deal. And she conveys it in her own way, and it's ever it's since touching. that day. Yeah, ever since that day, ever since that time in high school, she um she's constantly asking me whenever I'm n- not at home, are you eating? Sounds what are like you my eating? Mom. <laughs> yeah, are you eating every? Are you eating? The- I'm like, yes, I'm eating. If Lorenzo's mom is listening to this. He's eating. I'm eating. Trust <laughs> me. I love food. So I guess the answer to Chelsea's question, should there be mm-hmm. aid for this kind of thing? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. It's something that you can never have too much of. And if you do have to seek aid for this, there should be no shame about it. Absolutely not. Like it's It's just like going to the doctor for some, you know, a cold or something. But mm-hmm. again, people feel like they can't talk about it to their medical providers. I find it hard to tell the truth when I go to the doctor mm-hmm. about my stuff. Because I am like, I I drink too much and I still have an eating disorder. And um, I'm, I'm seeing the doctor in a few days and I I'm going to try to be honest, but it's going to be hard. And it's funny. Like, I um, I did my my VA stuff, and, and 
I told myself, uh, and this was in June or July. It was recently. June, it was recently. And I told myself in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be as honest as I can. And it's I scary. wish I took a picture of it. You do not. I, mental health for someone who is so. I feel like I'm so aware of myself. You are. You don't. I am, but at the same time, when you answer these questions, you're like, they did the, they did the, their little analysis, and I'm like, it's scary. Lorenzo, you, uh, you got, you got some depression tendencies, but you definitely are. You have anxiety. Are you diagnosed with this? And they get my, uh, my medical packet came back, and I, I would, I'll show. I'll, I mean, I'll, I don't mind showing it to you, but it's like. <laughs> We're going to look at it after this recording. You're We're just, just going to whip it out and like read it. You just see pages of anxiety, 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 anxiety. It's, it's, it's surreal like, to it's see like, it in, on paper because you feel like you give yourself all these diagnoses, but it's not really real. Mm-hmm. You, you don't feel validated. And mm-hmm. then when you see it on paper, you don't feel like it's real still. It's like, this isn't real. I'm imagining like, things. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, aid is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to... Touch on one more email. This isn't really a question. Oh, hey, May. How are you? We have a dog in here. She's my ex's. She's a great Dane Greyhound mix. the cutest thing. I might cut this out. I might keep it. I don't know. We'll see how. But yeah, she's in the background whining for attention. She's coming over. She's coming over. She wants to be a guest on the podcast. Um, okay, so this person, Stacy. Mm-hmm. She's 24. She had told me before that she had experience with depression and she works in the education field. Okay. And I was really curious about how depression played into that. So she mm-hmm. basically emailed me with her whole life story, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. She basically went to school for her bachelor's. She, I forget if she got her master's or if she's getting it now. Mm-hmm. But she, the whole time she suffered from really bad depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. she had a long distance relationship and a bad roommate and she was working three jobs and she mm-hmm. was basically a mess and almost got kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. So there's a quote that she said that I wanted to read to you and get your thoughts about to see if you related. Okay. So she says, having anxiety and depression as comorbid disorders is like having two people in your brain constantly fighting. One has the catchphrase, what if? And the other has the catchphrase, nothing matters. Anxiety is constantly screaming at you about all the things you haven't done, all the things you need to do, all the things you just don't have time to get to, even if you were the most productive person. Depression hears all the shit that anxiety is screaming about and says, none of this matters, because even if you did do it all, you'd still fail, so you might as well not make the effort. By the way, nobody likes you, and also, you're ugly. I know. I read this. Jesus. And I was just like, oh my god, this is so... That's really bad. <laughs> it's so relevant. Oh my god. <laughs> See, previous question, this is why we talk about things, because we realize that that almost sounds like a piece from my journal. Yes, like, and I feel like all of us could relate to this. So, Stacey, mm-hmm. thank you for sending this in. Mm-hmm. Um, we Obviously, me and Lorenzo can relate really mm-hmm. hard to this. So how do you deal with those two voices constantly fighting? It is my, I'm glad that I have a network of people that I can lean on. And they constantly remind me to get out of my head because. Yeah, getting out of your head is so important. Yep, I have, I tell people all the time, I have a, I have a, 
a vacation home in my head. That's how much I stay in it. It's like they're all, I'm there all And the that's time. where the voices live. They live all In your head. vacation home. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, I need to not think about this. You know, I need to stop thinking that I'm not productive. I, 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 I'm a list person. So I, I write things down. And even for like practical things in my life, I try to knock things off of my list. And and to be honest with you, Christina, I um I put minuscule things. I put stupid bullshitty things on my list. Things that, are you the type of person who makes a to-do list with stuff you've already done so you can check it off? Yeah, some days I, I want Some days I want to feel like, yeah, you <laughs> know like, what? like eat a vegetable. Yep. And then you check it off and you feel amazing. I feel amazing. <laughs> I'm a reader, so it's like if I can read a chapter of this book I already feel like, okay, I've done something. Yes, I do the same thing. It gets you out of your head. You feel accomplished. Yeah. Um, It makes you feel like you are able to accomplish things. mm -hmm. There is a point of doing things. Exactly. Yes, yes. I don't know. I feel like we've covered this topic pretty well. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. It's like... 11.25 11.25 right now, and mm-hmm. Lorenzo just got off a double shift. He's been working all day, mm-hmm. so you guys better appreciate the, <laughs> the, this. Um, yeah, it's freezing cold down here. He's got, like, three a blanket and a scarf, and he's drinking tea. Definitely. If I, um, I remember we talked about it before. Um, one thing that I found in, throughout this week... A book that I keep. Oh, yeah. Oh, so guys, I forgot. We're supposed to talk about a cool thing for this week. Mm-hmm. But I was telling Lorenzo, I don't have anything this week. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I couldn't think of anything. I've been working so hard and I just haven't had the chance. So Lorenzo has something cool to suggest to you guys. Yes. And uh, this book has, like, changed my life in so many ways. It's called uh, The Four Agreements by Don Lewis. Oh, my sister loves that book. It is. It has helped me. That book has helped me in so many ways. It's a short book. It's mm-hmm. when I saw it physically, I was mm-hmm. surprised by how tiny it was. Yep, and, and I even have the uh, the uh, the audiobook. Well, I have the actual... He has his phone out right now. I have my phone out, and I'm trying to find the picture of... Uh, I'm on the, the edge of my seat here. The Four Agreements, and it's... Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And always do your best. And it's those four things. Those are the four agreements? Yep. It's those four things that when you actually, you don't even, the point of those four agreements is not even for you to master it because it takes an entire, almost an entire lifetime. Yeah. Well, self-betterment is a lifetime Job. job right yeah. so it's all of that takes a lifetime to master so like if you're working on that actively in your life day by day like you know what i'm gonna say how i truly feel i'm not going to allow other people's perceptions affect my perceptions i'm going to try my best and i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna make any type of crazy assumptions that are not based in some form of logic because then you get trapped in your head and it's just a downward spiral that is one of the things like close friends a journal and remembering those four agreements have helped me in therapy have yeah. helped me <laughs> shout um, out to therapy shout out to therapy have <laughs> helped me um in my journey for all the better awesome yes 
Well, so we'll read the four agreements. Uh, do you know the author? Don Miguel Ruiz. Wow, you knew that off the top of your mm-hmm. head. I'm really impressed. He didn't even look at his phone. No. <laughs> so read the four agreements. Check it out at least if mm-hmm. you're curious. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to wrap up because this is super long. But thank you so much for listening. Um, I feel like I have to plug the podcast. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. I'm still working on a website. I know I said I would do it last week, but I've been working really hard. And GoDaddy, my host, has been really difficult to work with. Um, I'll t- I don't even want to talk about it right now. <laughs> there, But yeah, I'm working on a website. You can email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram, whatever. Send in your questions and life stories. If you want to be a guest, hit me up. I have guests scheduled through December but I'm going to need them in January. So um, let's get that scheduled. Again, thank you so much for listening. Lorenzo and I want to wish you a happy uh, Monday. Happy Monday. (laughs) Your week is going to (laughs) rock. And see a therapist because you need it. Please do. They help. Oh, my goodness. All right. Bye. Bye.